Hello, my fellow lords and ladies, and welcome to the Console Kingdom. My name is Jared. And I'm your co-host, Dan, the creator of the YouTube channel Risky Bitness. Yes, yes, indeed. Go follow and sub him, uh, subscribe to him, because he, he has got some great content. And in a current battle with YouTube, because YouTube can be a bit... Uh, unintelligent at times. I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, man, my Rumble Roses video got uh, delisted because I have a like a 10-second clip. It's a 17-minute video, and I have a 10-second clip that got copyright claimed because it's from WWE. Um, I have like a joke where I talk about how many moves are in the game because it's a wrestling game, you know. And then I have the clip of Chris Jericho from WWE. This like a famous promo um, that he actually did back in WCW where he did like, I'm the man of a thousand and four holds. And he's like, arm bar, number two, something else. And like every third or fourth move is arm bar. So I used a clip of that and that got copyright claimed and it blocked the whole video. So the video is not even available right now. And I have the option. I could just trim that piece out, but I don't want to. So I'm fighting it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so go subscribe to Risky Business, man. He's got some excellent content there. Really good. Um, continuing off our Final Fantasy conversation, if you want to get deeper into that, go follow his stuff over there because he does an excellent job uh, explaining and diving deep, deep into these games and really giving you that feel of nostalgia and really, really great information over there. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate that. And so I wanted to talk today, do a little bit of kind of a hodgepodge episode. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the current games that are coming out um, right now uh, in in the near future. And yeah, lots I of exciting to stuff talk about a, I wanted to talk about a few other things, but I want to start with a game that just came out for PlayStation 4 and 5. It's also available on Steam. Now... I, I want to uh, preface this by saying, Dan, I'm guessing, and I'm not completely sure, but my thought is, is you are a dog person, are you not? I am a dog person. Okay. See, I'm a cat person, and I we have know. three cats. I know. I have three cats, and I love them to death. They are amazing. But the reason I brought that up is because there is a new game on the market right now that I really think a lot of folks should check out. It is a game called Stray. And it is a, basically about being a stray cat out on the streets. And it's a beautiful game. Beautifully drawn. Beautifully designed. It is incredible. It's getting rave reviews, Dan. I'm telling you. I've seen 9.5, 9.8, things like that. And this was not even a delayed game, as far as I know. It was not even a delayed game. And the best part about it is, this isn't even a AAA studio. Again, we talked about this before on, I want to say, maybe on an episode that we didn't release. But <clears throat> this is from Annapurna uh, Studios um, as an executive producer. Stray is one of those artistic games that just... Uh, look beautiful, plays amazing, and is getting rave reviews. And I have to say, 
with my experience with Artful Escape, if Stray is anything like this, it is every bit of worth however much they're charging for it. Jared, please tell me. I'm looking now. The original the original soundtrack is available on Steam for ten bucks. Please tell me that the song Stray Cat Strut by the Brian Setzer Orchestra is on this soundtrack. Oh, that would be so cool. That would be so cool. I don't know that. If not, for sure, the game but... is trash. And I'm never oh, come buying on anything now. Kind of ever again. <laughs> oh, come on now. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can see that. But no, really, um, <clears throat> that was one of the, the big ones that, that I wanted to mention. Um, one of the things that blew my mind, I read an article a little while back, and I wanted to tell you this. So, um, TMNT Shredder's Revenge had huge numbers. And, and when I say huge numbers... They sold a million copies in one week. That's awesome. Have you heard that, Dan? No, I didn't know they sold that well, but I'm not surprised because, I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles obviously is a franchise that it goes back like, it's got to be like 35 years at this point. I, I remember Ninja Turtles when I was like five, six, maybe. It's a long time. And... um Everyone loves those kinds of games. I guess I shouldn't say everyone, but there's definitely a market for it, right? There's definitely an audience, and I think there's no more definitive proof of that than selling a million copies in a week. Oh, I know. And, and you know, part of that is the nostalgia feel. I really get that because right now the, the current trend is this big nostalgia kick in just about every aspect of things. Like, people are loving the 90s stuff the 80s stuff i mean we see that in the video game market with actual cartridges selling for hundreds if not thousands of dollars yeah and you know um stuff like that and it just uh it's a big retro market and so a game that has such a retro feel and stuff that really didn't surprise me um a whole lot but actually what did was a million copies in a week man that's that's insane it's a very fun game if if you're yeah yeah it's a very fun game and i was playing with my son my son is six and i was playing that on switch with him and uh, we finished story mode in 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 an afternoon basically um i don't typically let him play that long but like together as an activity we just played for like i think it took like three about three hours maybe a little a little more to complete the whole story mode, you know, unlock Casey Jones. And it's a lot of fun. It feels a lot like those old TMNT arcade games. Uh, a lot like, you know, Turtles in Time. Uh, but, you know, it's obviously very updated. The graphics are updated. The audio sounds CD quality, obviously. And you've got a lot more things you can do. You know, you have like all kinds of special yeah. moves and stuff. Very, very cool. I think the only thing... The only thing that I would have loved to see in a game like this that I don't see in the game would be like team up moves. That would be like the icing on the cake for me. That's the one thing I would love to see in a game like this. They do have a uh, kind of a pseudo team up move. If you push, uh, I think the the X button at the same time as your partner, you can um, squish an enemy in between yourselves. So you kind of like butt stomp them. So your one character. From the left goes in, and the one character from the right goes in, and you kind of smush them in between yourself. I think we did that like, by only... accident a few times. 
yeah yeah that's the only team up move that you really have and i think that would be really cool if they would have had that yeah most definitely but i think um, it's more over jared it's, like, it's a good balance right it's enough like the games that we grew up with for us to love it but there's enough new and modern in it for people who did not grow up in our time period to still get into it for the younger kids to get into it so it's still they're very much there for them Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a good gem. And, you know, moving forward, you know, speaking of gems that are coming out, I wanted to discuss a little bit about Mario plus Rabbids. Have you had any experience at all with the Rabbids series? Yeah, you know, I mostly remember Rabbids because there was there, there are a few games on the Wii with the Rabbids that were a lot of fun. I remember that. And isn't there already there's already a Mario plus Rabbids game, isn't there? This is like Mario plus Rabbids 2. I think so. See, I t- I wanted to talk to you about that and get your input because honestly, um, this is a really hyped up game from Nintendo. Um, you are seeing a lot of advertisements for um, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, which I'm going to get into. That's a game that I really wanted to discuss. But um, with this Mario Plus Rabbids, I hear a lot of folks talking about it, and honestly, I never really had that much experience. Uh, with Rabbids, um, I was more of a Mario gamer um, until about new Super Mario Brothers Wii. Um, I really didn't go much further than that until I got my Switch, and then I got new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, and I played that. But as far as that goes, I really I even haven't played Super Mario Odyssey yet, which is probably criminal. <laughs> um, but it just, it didn't really jump out to me as a game that sounded like I would be that interested in. I guess I've kind of grown out of the Mario series as I've gotten older. Um, I still have much love for like Super Mario 3 and, and Mario World and Mario World ROM hacks. But as far as like the newer stuff, I could kind of just, meh, I could take it or leave it really honestly. Mario Odyssey is fantastic. But this Mario, I have heard that, yes. Um, but this Mario plus Rabbids is kind of something I don't have a lot of experience with. That's why I'm kind of hoping that you might have a thing or two to say about this game. Because, again, it seems like it's very hype and there's a lot of people excited about it. But I just don't know enough about the game. I wanted to touch on it because I had a feeling you knew um, w- uh, more about it than I did. So, well, the the Rabbids is a weird uh, license because they started off as characters from Rayman. I'm not sure which Rayman game they first appeared in, but they were definitely like, and I think they were antagonists. I think they were like enemies of Rayman. I've only played the first Rayman game, and I only got like maybe three or four levels in because the game's hard. And I don't remember seeing any rabbits, so I don't have too much hands on with it. But I do know that um, the rabbits kind of got their own spin off series. And that's what led to uh, Raving Rabbids, and, and I think Raving Rabbids TV Party is the one that I played on the Wii, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but there's a bunch of games. There's Rabbids Go Home, there's Raving Rabbids Alive and Kicking, Rabbids Rumble. Um, then, of course, there's, there's Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. That's what I was thinking about. And I'm pretty sure we actually have that on the Switch, but haven't played it much. I think my wife bought it, but I don't think we ever played it all that much. And... Um, Okay. It's so okay. it's kind of bizarre that we went from these being our, an enemy in Rayman, which is an Ubisoft franchise, right? Um, I believe. Yes. Right. And then yes, it is. They got their own spinoff, and then 
and now they're and now they're doing a game with Mario, a second game with Mario, and uh, that's yes, Mario and Rabbits, interesting, uh, a second game, which apparently yes. yeah, and Ubisoft is is developing those games, so that's all you know, very interesting. Um, I don't know how we got there, but we got there. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I mean, it's one of those things that. I'm really frustrated with with Ubisoft about um, Rayman was great. I absolutely loved Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends. Both of those games were so much fun. Um, both of them were available for the Xbox 360, uh, Wii, Switch, uh, PlayStation. I highly, highly recommend getting them and playing them because it's a lot of fun. Hold on, Jared, I've got I've got an but, intruder in the studio over here. So uh okay. So, hey Aaron, did you ever play that game uh that we have on the Switch Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle? Did you ever play it? Yeah. Yeah, do you like it? Yeah, but I didn't play it anymore. Yeah, is it is it good? Is it fun? Yeah. Because like what happened is there's a um there's a part I'm very stuck on. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the first part when you um like fight the rabbits, you know what happens? What happens? Some rabbits, they're too hard to beat. Okay. Yeah, it's a strategy game, right? It sounds pretty tricky. Yeah. Is it funny? Yeah. Do the rabbits do funny stuff? Yeah. Do they kind of like, do they kind of like torture Mario a little bit and like play pranks on him and stuff? No, they like just um help Mario because. They want to be um Mario's team by dressing up. Oh, so the rabbits help Mario. Okay. Yeah. So that's I mean that's the resident expert on on Mario plus rabbits that we have in this household, and uh, I'm going to get him out of my studio. I think he he wanted some gum, so I'm going to go ahead and, and yeah. help him out with that. That'll be that's his yep. payment for his contribution to the podcast today. Absolutely. Absolutely, and while while you're doing that, I'm going to take this moment and, and kind of give my grievance with Ubisoft again with with Raymond Origins and Raymond Legends. I really feel like it was a great game, but they abandoned one of the most ambitious and beautiful franchises they had for Rayman. And don't get me wrong, I love Rayman, but I have to. I would be remiss if we did not discuss Ubisoft. And Beyond Good and Evil. That game is such an underrated gem. And they had teased a sequel like Nintendo teased Metroid Prime 4. And we have waited years and years and years. And heard rumors and rumors and rumors that they may be rebooting it. And then finally saying that maybe they're not going to. And we really don't know. It's kind of in a state of flux. Where Beyond Good and Evil 2 may happen but don't hold your breath. And Beyond Good and Evil 2 looked phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And it's so disappointing because Beyond Good and Evil was such a great, great game. And I highly suggest, and I, let me tell you, I do believe it's still on Xbox that you can get it. Um, it's not on Game Pass, so you would have to purchase it. I don't know about the other consoles, but I do have it on my Xbox One. Um, beyond good and evil, it is incredible, and that's my grievance with Ubisoft because it is 
burns me up because it was such a great, great game and they never got the love it deserved for a second one. I mean, I have a laundry list of issues with Ubisoft. I mean, I, I never played yeah. Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, I remember the artwork. You know, the art, the oh artwork was gosh. cool. And and it's a popular. I don't know. If, I may not, maybe not popular because you're just saying it's kind of underrated. Under underrated. <laughs> but at some point, it made enough of a splash that I'm I'm familiar with the artwork. But when it comes to Ubisoft, I don't know, man. I feel like they don't really release much that I'm interested in anymore these days. I was like really really into Assassin's Creed for the first like six games, and then after that, it kind of just fell off. At least for me, I okay. can't really speak for anybody else. Um, in fact, I think Black Flag was the last one that I really liked. And then, did you play Valhalla? I haven't played Valhalla. That's the newest one, right? Yeah, I haven't played that. So maybe that one's really good. I don't know. I played Odyssey. I think it was the the okay. the, the first one that came out on the PS4. I think it was the Egyptian one. Okay. Hated it. I played like an hour and a half. Hated it. Didn't like it. Uh, so that kind of turned me off to the series after that. But they were churning one out like every year. And when you do that with a franchise, like eventually you're going to keep just making the same game over and over again, but like slightly different. And even with Black Flag, it was starting to feel very stale. So I understand why they later kind of changed things up quite a lot. But it's still just they changed things up quite a lot to make it a game that I no longer enjoyed. (laughs) And then like Watch Dogs was a disaster. I don't know if the console releases were better, but I remember the PC version was an absolute disaster it didn't work there were all these glitches all these bugs and i've been playing mainly on pc since like 2006 so ubisoft's pc's ports are usually not great so uh, generally just with ubisoft there there are a lot of reasons to not be happy with with ubisoft Um, their drm that is like forced into every game that they sell even if you buy it on another platform that already authenticates the software every time you boot it it's just Ubisoft is a real pain in the neck, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with that. So I wanted to get into um, the new coming up here in like less than a week. I think it's releasing on the 29th, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Oh my gosh, I am so excited for this game. I loved Xenoblade Chronicles 2 so very much. Xenoblade Chronicles was okay, but I loved the second one better. And now the third one just looks so phenomenal. And the same composer is there. The artwork is generally the same. And the depth, the absolute depth of a story. It could be a entire series of anime. Um, if you decided to make it that way instead of a game, it is fantastic. I mean, I'm not going to give any spoilers. It's just not, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is just great. But Xenoblade 3 looks just as lovable and enjoyable as the second one. And let me tell you, the music is every bit worth the buy for the game. It's like, I don't know, man, it's it's incredible 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 and i know i shared some of the music with you before uh what did you think of the music from xenoblade chronicles 2 oh the music is out of this world absolutely out of this world i played a little bit of it i didn't get too far because i have so many games i know we i know we all like to talk about our backlogs right 
yep yep I, I i've given up on the backlog almost at this point i have something like i don't even want, i don't even want to count the number of games that i have sitting in my steam library that i haven't played yet the number of games that i have on the switch that i've downloaded or that i have the you know little sd card of that i haven't even begun yet um, i did play a little bit of xenoblade chronicles 2 i did really enjoy it but uh it just got interrupted by something else i was playing i didn't get back to it yet eventually one of these days i'm sure i will but for the time being that one's kind of it's kind of on the back burner <laughs> yeah yeah i can understand that it's incredibly long it is very long 10 chapters long and again it could have been an entire series of anime that lasts four or five maybe even six seasons it's one of those games that is just so big but so Man, it, it pulls at your heart. It really, really does. It's one of those games that's incredible. And the third one I'm so excited for, that's coming out very, very soon. Um, unfortunately, I can't afford it right now, but I'm going to have to wait. But if you guys get it day one release, please, please tell us on uh, our Facebook page without spoilers if it's worth every bit that it seems because it looks like it is. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I I I I enjoyed that it was a nice blend of uh, action and RPG gameplay elements, uh, combos and stuff. I I just didn't get too far into it. I and recently I'm I'm 60 hours into Final Fantasy VII Remake, a game that I used to not like. So you know I I'm still that's how far behind I am on my games. That game came out what two years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like looking at games that I that I still haven't played yet that like I want to play that are in my Steam library, like. I'm looking at games that were released in like 2014. A couple of games that were released before that even. Just and that, that that doesn't even take into account like all the games that I still haven't played on like Super Nintendo and PlayStation 2 and stuff that I want to play eventually. I have enough games in my backlog at this point that I could that it it, it will take me the rest of my life to play all of them. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just so very excited for that. But I wanted to discuss something um, on this episode that I have noticed a trend, okay? And I wanted to discuss this because I, I want to get your thoughts, because this is a big deal for a lot of people right now. Um, and this kind of ties in with our conversation because um, I have a really good point to make about this. So I'm going to kind of bring it in like this collector's editions for video games okay um they charge you a ton of money for um extra stuff so you get like a book like an extra book and extra all this kind of stuff how do you feel about collector's editions of video games is it worth it if you're really into the series or is it not you know i know a lot of people do like the collector's editions i think it's mostly gimmicks I've never really bothered with them. I do own like two collector's editions, so I guess I can't really get away saying I, I don't. I bothered. I, I've bothered with them exactly twice. Uh, <laughs> the the one is the Final Fantasy twelve collector's edition for PS two, and um, the other collector's edition that I have is the uh, Final Fantasy seven remake, like pre order steelbook nonsense from uh, the original PS four release. So that's all I really have right now, uh, collector's edition wise. And even those were kind of like hard for me to convince myself to do. 
it was mostly for me uh, just because I wanted them for my collection to display them. Okay. But, like the stuff that comes with it, like like I didn't go for the four hundred dollar Final Fantasy seven with the cloud motorcycle thing. Like that was that's ridiculous. But people bought it. People bought that. They pay hundreds of dollars for these things. And I think one of the biggest problems with the collector's editions now is that over the past few years, like they've gotten cheaper and cheaper with the additional pack in stuff. So you'll see these collector's editions advertised. I think a big one was like the Fallout New Vegas, was it? Or Fallout 4. And if you pre-ordered it, it came with like a helmet. But then people got the helmet and it was like a piece of junk. And everybody was super disappointed because they paid something like $200, $300 for this collector's edition. And they got this plastic piece of junk that looked like it came off of, you know, the dollar store. Right. And I don't think that's the only time that's ever happened. You know, I I, I I feel like it's not, I feel like it's not worth it. No, and and here's the thing. Speaking of not worth it, this is why I brought up the or brought up this conversation. A friend of mine was discussing in a chat that we were having that um, he wanted to get the God of War Ragnarok um, collector's edition, which had some really really cool stuff in it, except it was missing a key component. It was like 179 or maybe like 200 bucks. Right, and it got some really cool items with it, but it was missing something very important. What is that important thing? The game. It it came with everything, but the game. Did it at least have like a key to download the game? See, this is the other conversation that I wanted to have, uh, with this with this whole God of War Ragnarok thing. I wanted to discuss, Dan, are you a more of a physical or a digital guy? So I've been collecting games maybe for like the last year or so. And before that, I had a pretty large collection of like PS1 and PS2 games, which okay. I recently was looking at my eBay history and had to had to shed a tear for a little bit for some of the stuff that I sold and how much I sold it for 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I sold front mission three for three dollars and you know um i i I, I, complete inbox playstation one and two games that are going now for 50 60 100 bucks i sold them for five ten eight dollars anyway and now and now i wish i hadn't lifted those games back because now i've collected back several of the games that i sold all those years ago but um i have a few like i have a few like you know retro games like super nintendo games and nintendo games and stuff that's that's what i have now older stuff stuff that's harder harder to come by now i don't really care about physical copies of modern games so much except in like extreme cases like i said i have the final fantasy 7 remake because that was sort of a a very emotionally special purchase for me because of the fond memories i have tied to playing final fantasy 7 as a kid but as far as getting physical copies of like every new game that i want when it comes out i don't see a point I've been buying digital games since, like, I think 2006 around there when I kind of uh, swore off consoles for the most part. And, I, you know, I say that like I don't have a PS4 and a Switch in the house, but <laughs> uh, right. around that time, around 2006, I think I want to say, right, when the PS3 came out, my big beef with that was I had a PS2, I had a PlayStation, and before that I was a Nintendo kid, and then they brought out the PS3 and it was like 600 bucks. And I was like, 
I need a computer for school anyway because I was in college at the time, so I may as well just buy a gaming computer, take the 600 bucks I would have spent on the PlayStation and instead add it to the computer that I'm already buying to make it a gaming computer and then just be done with it, which is what I did. And then I wound up getting, you know, like the orange box with Portal and Half-Life and all that, which of course now I have Steam. And then I saw on Steam, oh, look at these sales that they're having all the time. And now I have 400 games in my Steam library. Uh, but right. yeah, I'm not I'm not really like a, a, a big physical game person unless it's something that like is very special to me or something that okay. I specifically want because it's, you know, gotcha. a title that I love that much. Yeah, and, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I have very emotional ties to my old NES games, um, and some of even my my PlayStation uh, and PlayStation 2 games. But as far as, like, physical copies for newer stuff, I'm not really that big on. But, you know, I mean, it seems to be the trend that nowadays most, if not all, games are going digital. Um, And you can get them cheaper digitally. Uh, I was at Walmart the other day, um, and I, I was just kind of walking around for a moment, um, and I went to the electronics department, and I was looking at the prices of the games there for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, S, whatever, and uh, PS5 and Switch, and I have all of them. I have the Xbox One, I have the PS4, and I have the Switch, and I was just kind of browsing the games, and I'm looking at it at the games and I said, man, I got it cheaper on Nintendo Switch Online. I got it cheaper on uh, Game Pass. I got it free on Game Pass. I got it, I got this cheaper. I got that cheaper. And I just, Mm -hmm. I I feel like when it comes to modern game, there is much better deals through the digital marketplace than there is with a physical copy. Now, granted, if you do have a physical copy and hold on to it, complete in box, as we call it, CIB, mm-hmm. it may be worth something later on down the road, but is that a risk you're willing to take? It's like the stock market. It's a gamble, you know? But realistically speaking, I feel like there is better value in the digital market, things like Steam, Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, or plus 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 or whatever it is now that they call it, um, extra or pro or whatever it is, or Nintendo Switch Online. Nintendo never has sales, but that's besides the point. Realistically speaking, I feel like there's much better value in gaming digitally than there is for physical copies. Is that something that you've ever noticed, Dan, or is that just me being like, conspiracy theorist out there no i mean there definitely is more value in the digital games at this point because like you said you can get them cheaper i know a lot of people have an issue with uh they don't like that they can't resell their used games i actually have a solution for that that's probably going to be super controversial and we can get into that a little bit later on in the show if you want uh but basically with uh digital games you can get them cheaper you get sales a lot of the time and yes, you can get physical games on sale, but then if you're buying them online, you have to pay for shipping. Sales tax might be more depending on where you live. Uh, you know, you can buy them secondhand, but then you're buying someone else's game and the disc might be scratched up. And uh, I mean, I've purchased ga- games on Steam for like 66% off, 75% off, 90% off. I've bought games so cheap, it's ridiculous, uh, which is why I have like 400 games in my Steam library. 
So yeah, there's definitely more value in the digital games. And I know that another concern that people seem to have with digital games is like, oh, you're not really buying it, you're just renting it, which makes absolutely no sense. And I'm going to reality check anybody who thinks that way who's listening right now. And I'm going to tell you that there's no difference in terms of user rights with a physical game versus a digital game, especially now. Because it doesn't matter whether you have the physical media or not. You have to buy a license to play the game. That's what you're buying. You're not buying the disc. They'll give you the disc. You're buying the digital rights to use the disc. That's what you're paying for. And whether you're paying for that digitally or you're paying for that with a copy of the disc, you're getting the same user agreement. Exactly. And the other thing I wanted to bring up too, especially with digital, um, is that a lot of these games aren't always completely completed or the, the developers decide to change something later on down the road and they patch it out. Now, it, I, don't, I can't say with a disc-based game it, it, how it would patch out, but as far as a digital game, all I have to do is just wait and my, my console will tell me, hey, there's an update for this game. Install now. And I say, sure, why not, you know? Um, And that's really one of the interesting things about the gaming industry is that back when we were kids, you bought a game, it was done. It was was start to finish. And nowadays, they can change things. And I think that's kind of cool to a point. Um, You know, if there's... It kind of makes me question a bad game is forever a bad game. And let me tell you a very good example of that. You know what was a really bad game when it first came out? No Man's Sky. That game was bad. But look at it now. No Man's Sky is fantastic. (laughs) They have worked on it and updated it and patched it. And it has become a great game now. Final Fantasy XIV, Dan, you have more experience with that. The original Final Fantasy XIV flopped. Unplayable trash. A Realm Reborn? The best MMORPG I've ever played in my life. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. A bad game may not be forever a bad game anymore. And that, that to me is so thrilling. To know that if you just have maybe a little bit of patience, just a little bit of patience, you might find that something that was a total flush it down the toilet, light it on fire, blow it up a la uh, angry video game nerd style, whatever. And now you have some patience and you you never know it could be the next gem. Yeah, and you know, and, I'm looking through my Steam library, and I, I I see games that I purchased back in 2006 that are still playable. It's not like they're gonna just like randomly revoke the license on you. There have been a handful of like indie games where they pulled keys, but they usually pulled keys because the keys were like resold on the gray market and stuff like that. It has nothing to do with being you know being uh, uh, digitally purchased by you know you particularly as an individual. And like if you buy games on like GOG, GOG has no DRM. Those games are they're gonna work as long as you want to work them there's no exactly like, there's no like limitation on that now if you have a physical copy of a game 
I got news for a lot of people out there who aren't going to want to hear this. But if you've got a physical copy of a game that, like you were saying, Jared, like if that copy launched day one and had like a day one patch, you're not getting the day one patch once those servers go offline. So you're like, oh, if I have the physical game, I have it forever. No, you have it for as long as those servers continue to allow you to install the day one patch. If the servers go offline, you don't have that game anymore, whether it's digital or physical or not. It doesn't matter. Right. Because once you put that disc in, there's nothing on the disc that's going to be playable. Now, there are games, if you go back far enough, there are games that are playable out of the box without any updates. But you're going to be missing possibly game-breaking bugs that were patched out later. You might be missing content that was added later. DLC, that's gone. So, oh, I have the physical game. I can play forever. But your DLC is still digital. If that server, if that's taken offline and you don't have it downloaded on your system right now, that's gone. Great example exactly. of a great example of a game that if you have a physical copy of, because I have a physical copy of this game, uh, Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night, fantastic game. It was kickstarted. When they finally released it, they released a disc with a game-breaking bug that would allow you to get about. I want to say five, six hours into the game, maybe a little bit more if you're doing some grinding, uh, but really like a quarter of the way into the game, right? So you've already spent some time getting familiar with the game. You're probably really enjoying it at this point if you're continuing to play. But if you get to this point in the game and you don't have that day one patch, you're stuck and you can never complete the game. So whether you have that, that disc or not, once those servers go offline that have that content, you won't be able to play that game anymore, or at least you won't be able to finish it. It doesn't matter whether you have a disc or not. And to your point, I want to bring up, this was actually something interesting that I found out. Sonic Generations had one piece of DLC. One. Exactly one. It was a Casino Nights pinball game uh, add-on kind of thing. And it was a pre-order bonus. If you got it, you got a key for the pre-order, and you could have it. Sega did not list it as DLC whatsoever. So if you bought the game secondhand or later on down the road digitally and did not have that key, you did not get Casino Nights DLC. At all. Just something interesting I found. So, you know, we were talking before about collector's editions, and I just was curious about it. So I looked up, like, the worst collector's editions ever. And okay. I found this list on the site called blockfort.com, the number one item on the list. Uh, Dead Island Riptide. Do you remember Dead Island? I, <laughs> I got it for free, and I still own a physical disc for that game. For, for Dead Island or for Riptide? Dead Island. Okay, Dead Island was like, yeah, it was like a sandbox zombie shooter. But, like, I remember playing it, and, like, it was fun for, like, a couple hours. And then it got really boring really fast. But they had a, a kind of spinoff called Dead Island Riptide, which I actually got a free beta of that game. And, again, it was just kind of super boring. It was the same thing, but it was like an RTS. So instead of a first-person shooter, it was, you know, they switched the acronym, and it was an FPS. And there was a collector's edition of that game that came with a statue and you got to see this to believe it it's on the website blockfort.org worst collector's editions it's a statue 
I don't know how large it is. I, I can't really tell for sure. It is it is a torso. Um, okay. It's a woman's torso wearing a Union Jack bikini. And the arms and head are missing. <laughs> and it's covered in blood. It's just, it's very, it's, it's a thing that nobody would want to display in their home unless maybe they're a serial killer. Like, who 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 thought this was a good idea for, like, a collector's edition pack-in? Hmm. Zombie game? Mutilated corpse. Not like, you know, a zombie statue or, like, oh, a wow. guy with a, or, like, a guy with a rifle and, like, maybe he has, like, a zombie's head in his hand if you want to get a little gory. Something like that. No. Let's go with, <laughs> let's go with bloody what? boobies. That's what we're going to put in our what? collector's edition. What even is this? <laughs> I I can't even. Wow. That, 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 that comes in right after the uh, Fear 3 Collector's Edition. Fear 3, another game Fear that, three. by the way, was a flop in my opinion. I played Fear and Fear 2 and like Extraction Point. I loved them all. I thought they were fantastic. Fear 3 I thought was awful. But in, but the Fear 3 Collector's Edition came with an Alma statue. Alma being the, the, the girl, psychic monster ghost girl from the Fear series. But it's like a pregnant ghost Alma. And it's really freaking creepy. <laughs> It's one of the creepiest weird things I ever saw in my life. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you. So those are kidding. those are those are the worst ones. The rest of them are all, are all kind of like they look cool, but you know the actual product that was received turned out to not meet the expectation of you know what was um you know what was promised, which is often right. Which is one of the reasons why I'm always saying stop pre-ordering games, people. Just stop doing it. Because they get us, because especially these don't pre don't pre-order the collector's edition if you're if you're gonna pre-order games, like for for one thing the game's not going anywhere like it's gonna be there, but for another thing like the collector's edition you're gonna pay you're gonna pay four hundred dollars three hundred dollars and you're gonna get like a dollar store canteen, with your Call of Duty game it's ridiculous get out of here with this right. nonsense right nonsense. Right. I mean, and you know, every, the one thing that everybody wants to have displayed in their house is just a random torso of a female with a Union Jack bikini. Um, Whose idea was this? Like, who thought that was a good idea? That's what I would like to know. Oh, you ain't kidding, man. It's <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. In, in, <laughs> in tangentially related news, uh, Lollipop Chainsaw is being re-released, which is cool. Yes. I never got to play that, but I always wanted to because what is more cool than playing a game where you're a bodacious babe who chainsaws some zombies? Bring it on. That sounds amazing. The only other thing I can think of is Rumble Roses. Rumble Roses, where you play as many bodacious babes body slamming each other and trying to embarrass each other by body slamming each other in such a way that you can see their panties. Yep. Exactly. Which is the best way to body slam somebody. Oh, of course. Of yeah, course. There's a lot of stuff. So um, another thing I'm excited about, even though I'm not going to buy it because I already have the game, is they're releasing Near Automata, end of the Yaha edition for Switch. And have you played Near Automata, Jared? I have not. I have heard very good things about that game. Um, it is one of them that is on my list to play. Um, at some point, but I have not had the like, I've had to pick and choose what I want to play right now. So, um, but that's not a game that I've, I have any experience with at this moment in time. I would move that to the top of the list, dude. It is, it is a, it is, 
it is a generation defining gaming experience okay uh there's there's no i can't describe it to you you have to experience it it's available on ps4 xbox one switch it's coming out right i would go with the switch Steam. edition because that has more have has new content that was not in the previous versions okay but it is Do you know when is that releasing do you know it's supposed to release uh at some point during the summer so probably by the end of august i imagine okay I'll yeah that one's that one's that one's exciting and um i mean i i'm i feel like i might want to buy some some version of that game to have in my collection because i do love that it's incredible from a cinematic perspective, the storytelling is amazing. The lore is incredible. Uh, it's basically a story about humanity. It's a story about what it means to be human. Yes. And it's told um, through the lens of androids running around murdering robots. It is such an experience visually. audio, The audio experience... Yeah. Everything about it is just, it's an experience. And it's something that I recommend that if you're going to play it, use headphones, play in a dark room, completely immerse yourself in the experience because it is absolutely worth it. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I love games like that where you can immerse yourself in the experience. And oh, that's great. You know, another, speaking of another uh, game that we're excited about, at least I am, and I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure you are, but not as excited as I am about it is the Cowabunga collection for Ninja Turtles that's supposed to come out sometime this uh, summer. 13 different games. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, that's actually very cool. I mean, I obviously I emulate everything, so I have all that already. But um, I like the idea of having it in one collection, and if the collection it does justice to the original titles by preserving them the right way, then I think it's something that's worth having for your Switch or, you know, whatever your console is. Plus, it's always a good thing to, you know, contribute to them uh, monetarily, you know, pay for those games since most of us are playing them anyway. So I'll probably buy right. it just for that reason alone. Uh, is the Hyperstone heist on there? I thought it was. I thought it was one of those games that was on the list, but I'll have to double check. Because that Hyperstone weird. heist... It, it, it is it is very strange it, it, it wants to be turtles in time but uh because of localization and i believe we spoke about this in our final fantasy because of localization and certain censorships um they couldn't use the word ninja in europe so they said hero instead well, i mean that's I universal why. That, 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 that doesn't do with the hyperstone heist that's universal uh, so there was there was this connotation in in the UK of the word ninja that the word ninja was associated with violent films and things that were not appropriate for children. So when you were marketing a video game to children, you would not be able to get away with putting the word ninja in there, or the censors would completely cancel you, as it were. Uh, so yeah, they had to they had to censor themselves and put the word hero instead of ninja if they wanted to sell this to children and not get the media um you know eviscerating them for it could you imagine that could you imagine yes, if the word yes. ninja had like the same connotation as like words i'm not gonna even say on this podcast <laughs> like to that right. point you know right 
like to that point so yeah that was definitely uh interesting but hyperstone heist was a weird game because it was partially turtles in time it was partially the first arcade game um and they kind of like okay. mashed them together and like changed a bunch of stuff but right at like the three quarter mark of the game they decided to include a boss gauntlet yeah i and remember that is, like that. virtually impossible to beat oh yeah trust me I know. Um, update time. So I did a little uh, quick Google search. IGN, according to IGN, the release date will be August 30th. And the complete list of games is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Turtles in Time, the arcade game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, NES. Turtles 2, the arcade game, NES. Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project for NES. Turtles in Time for SNES, Hyperstone Heist for Genesis, uh, Fall of the Foot Clan for Game Boy, Back to the Sewers for Game Boy, Radical Rescue for Game Boy, and then Tournament Fighters for NES, SNES, and Genesis. And according to the screenshots here, it looks like they have perfectly preserved the games the way they should be. They didn't update them or anything like that. It's just a straight port. Now, here's something that is very interesting about um, Turtles in Time. The arcade game and the Super Nintendo game are completely different. They, changed they are because they changed the levels, they, they changed did. the bosses. Very, very different. Yes, very different. And I'm glad that they included both of those games on that list because honestly, I feel like if they didn't, it would be criminal. And the NES version of the arcade game is not just like a downported version of the arcade game. It actually does have two uh, new levels in it that were not included in the arcade game. Yes, absolutely. So that content alone does make that worthwhile to play. Um, I hope they give you unlimited continues because that game was a real pain in the neck to beat. <laughs> it was long and you only had you know so many lives and so many continues. Um, I think the farthest I ever actually got in the Nintendo version was that, that um, Samurai Castle or whatever it was. Right oh, cool. really? Yeah, that's really? as far as I ever got. That's you didn't cool. know the BA trick? Uh, I may have at the time. I don't remember. Where you hit B and A at the same time and you insta-death any enemy, basically, and, except for a boss? Or some of the, or some of the, um, I mean, the foot soldiers take one, you one-shot them. But doesn't that cost you a little bit of your health? No, not in, not in, not in Turtles 2, the arcade game for NES. It does oh. in the third one but it does not in the second one. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. And, so, um, I yeah. Radical Rescue, by the way. Um, I played that not that long ago, because I had never played it before. I played it not that long ago, and I was really surprised at just how deep that game is. It's like a Metroidvania with Ninja Turtles. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. I, I haven't played it before, but I'm looking forward to as soon as I get the Kawabanga collection on August 30th. Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not bad, man. It's not bad. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, though. God of War, Ragnarok, I think Forspoken, a lot of people are looking forward to. I don't really know what that game is about, but it's a Square Enix game. So that's, like, automatic hype right away. Even though if you've been on social media, all people want to do is complain about Square Enix, which is kind of funny. You uh, know, I have a question for you. Yeah. There was a game that came out for that was by Square Enix, and it was hyped a lot. Um, Something about Forgotten World or... It was just recently released. Um, 
earlier in the year, or maybe it was last summer that it came out. I can't remember the full name of it, um, but it was it was from Square Enix, and it looked really interesting, but I never had a chance to play it, and I didn't really follow up on it. Do you happen to know what that game is? If not, we can move on, but I was just kind of curious. No. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Not familiar with okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <All> right. <laughs> well, that's okay. Maybe our listeners can let us know in the comments uh, in, on our Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Gotham Knights is coming out in the fall. Looking forward to that. That should be cool. Oh man, that's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a banger. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big Batman fan. I, I, I'm entirely too old to do this, but I collect Batman figures. Love Batman. Batman's great. Big oh, fan of know. that. Yeah. Why so serious? <laughs> But seriously, though, I mean, um, do it for. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, the uh, there's a new movie coming out. I don't know if this is just something a little off topic here. I don't know if your son is interested in it. I know my kids might be uh, super pets. The the whole Batman thing kind of reminded me of it. It's like um, Superman and I think The Rock is in it. And it's like Superman's dog, and it's it it, it ha- he has Superman's powers. I don't know. It seems kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, I saw the trailer a... before the Sonic Two movie, and uh, I I thought it looked pretty funny. Uh, I kind of forgot about it, but thank you for reminding me about it. When that comes out, I want to take my son to see it. Maybe I'll take him and his, his little friend, and they can. It was funny. We saw Sonic Two. My son and his little friend they're like curled up in one seat together, eating popcorn and just being silly. They had a blast. That was fun for them. So maybe we'll maybe we'll do that. Yeah, that's always a good time. That's always a good time. But, yeah, no, there's a lot coming in gaming. And, you know, I'm really glad that um, there's been a lot of just different things. I'm saddened by the fact that we didn't have an E3 this year. But, honestly, with the replacements that we've had, the, the like, YouTube lives, the Facebook lives, the all that kind of stuff, um, from the developers themselves, I yeah, really feel like it was it state of play, yeah. yeah. And I feel like it was a better presentation, really, than E3. But I, I don't know. E3 was always near and dear to my heart, so I kind of miss it. Yeah, you know what kind of surprised me, though, um, about what's coming up this summer is that there's like really nothing on the Xbox side that's really all that interesting to me. Uh, I mean, I don't have the Xbox console. I just kind of thought it was kind of a little bit strange that of all the consoles, you know, Switch has some great releases that, that I'm looking forward to. You know, a new Pokemon game, a new version of No Man's Sky, the Live Alive remaster that I think just dropped. And then on PS5, there's Gotham Knights. Uh, I, that's coming on the Xbox too, though. There's a new Star Ocean. There's a new Valkyrie Profile. Uh and a, re- a re-release of the first Valkyrie Profile game, which I think is just an upward port of the PSP uh, version of that game. But then uh, for the Xbox, there's 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 Lord of the Rings Gollum as a game, which why? Uh, there's Lego Brawls and also kind of why, <laughs> you know. But then nothing else that isn't coming out, you know, on another platform also. I don't know. There's Marvel's Midnight Suns. That might be cool. But it's nothing really that got me all that excited when I read about it. Right, right. I apologize yeah, I for the, the background noise. I might have to, I'll try to reduce that as much as possible. I don't know what they're carrying on about. Uh, it's, it's all right. It's all right. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, 
but Xbox has Game Pass, and you know, honestly, it's still the best value in gaming, and nobody's been able to touch it yet. So, I mean, I honestly, I can't think that that realistically speaking, that they're okay. They might not have some big name releases, but man, oh man, can you get some great stuff on Game Pass? Yeah, when it comes to the games as a service, they definitely have the best model for that right now. And I hope it kind of gets pushed more toward that model in the future. I know some of the individual publishers are thinking about, you know, using games as a service for their own products um, rather than having it handed off to Sony or to Microsoft. And that's just going to be like what we have with streaming services now, you know, where if you want to see all the content that's out there, you have to subscribe to eight different streaming services as opposed to, you know, 10 years ago when you had a Netflix subscription and you were good. Yeah, now, exactly. Now, now, like, every major Hollywood, you know, company wants to have their own streaming service. And you find more and more now they're consolidating and they're doing bundle deals and stuff because nobody wants to pay for all that crap. So I hope that it anyway, goes more the way of, you know, a Netflix of games rather than a Netflix of games, a Paramount Plus of games, a Amazon Prime of games, and a, an HBO Plus of games. And, you know, you, you get the idea. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of hollywood make sure to check out our last episode episode five hollywood versus gaming and honestly or episode four i apologize episode four man i i'm losing track (laughs) but anyway i want to thank you guys for listening to the console kingdom your uh, subscription and your listen it means the world to us you guys are amazing and we all love you from us here at the console kingdom to you guys Please check us out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the console kingdom, YouTube at the console kingdom zero one over at Dan. Dan has risky bitness, his channel. Go ahead and check that out. And for all things console kingdom, be sure to follow our page on Facebook for the uh, updates and everything like that. So thank you again for listening to the console kingdom. My name is Jared. And I am Dan. And you guys have a wonderful week and game on.